Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Yeah, what an amazing day yesterday, huh? Super Kids Fun Day. Um, can't help but talk about it. I think we achieved what we set out to do. Uh, last week we were standing here, we were talking about, we, we just, we want to have fun. We want this to be a celebration. We want the wider community to know what we're all about, that we're a place so they can feel welcome, that we're generous people. And it was so good to see both new and old friends, uh, family, colleagues, people that were just passing by, just from all walks of life coming and just hanging out with us. And it was just a really good vibe over there. Uh, again, Matthew and Christelle, fantastic job. And uh, looking forward to next year already and looking forward to more of these types of events where we're just opening up our doors to the wider community. I think it's so great this year that we're able to have it on, right on our doorstep so that there's this open invitation out there for everyone. And that's really our prayer is that we're going to see a response to this open invitation that we have as a church as we have doing these events to really gain credibility and trust in their eyes. You know, it's, it, I, I, I don't take it for granted what a... A challenge it is for someone who knows nothing about church, has never been here before, to step through those doors and come and check it out. I mean, that, it's, it's not an easy step. You know, for us that have grown up in church, of course, that's what you do. You come to church. But for someone who has no concept of church or only has a bad picture of church, that is quite a threshold to step over. And so we have to go out there and we have to meet them where they're at and we have to let them what we know about in order to build up that credibility and trust in order to see people coming into the church. And I think we did a fantastic job there yesterday. So can just pat on the back to everyone that was involved. And thank you, God, for blessing it. Has anyone noticed that our children's ministries are, are growing quite a lot recently? We're going for a bit of a growth spurt. Uh, and there's more to come. Uh, babies just popping out everywhere. And it's fantastic. I love organic growth as a leader. It's so, such a good sign. <laughs> I got John Finker that is coming next week. And he, he talks a lot about church growth. And so he'll say, that's a good metric, guys. <laughs> it's like babies being born is always a good thing. Uh, so me and my wife, Lynn, we had our second child. She's sitting in the back there. She's the beautiful one on the back row there. <laughs> uh, there's two beautiful, sorry. I didn't see you there. <laughs> two beautiful ladies sitting on that back row right there. Taxi. <laughs> see, I finally, I try to say a compliment to my wife, and I go and put my foot in my mouth. Adiemi, we need to talk after this. Just chill out. It's like, it's, uh, anyway, what I was going to say, I was going to say something quite nice, actually. Um, it's been two months, um, and it feels like an eternity already. I mean, we met Johanna and Ronald yesterday, who had their baby like a month ago. And I'm like, a month ago? It feels like last year. It's like so much has happened. If you, if you ever had a baby, you'll, you'll know that it feels like an eternity when it's really like a month. Uh, and so it's cool to think that we are raising sons and daughters, but... Uh, not just that, we are actually raising future husbands and wives. We're raising future fathers and mothers. Uh, and that's really exciting to me. That's really exciting when I think about the future of the church, about next generation coming up. And I had this thought recently. I was like, oh, so why have kids? And, and that wasn't like, you know, one of those moments like, oh, why did I have kids? Like, not, not one of those moments. I'm talking about like actually legitimately why have kids. And uh, I'm talking about, like, what's the purpose of it all, right? Uh, and, and the key is perhaps in the question there. That, you know, because 
it can be obviously that sense of fulfillment, that sense of joy, which you can get from having a cat or a dog as well. Uh, but if something greater than that, there's a sense of purpose uh, in raising the next generation. And of course, you don't have to be a biological mother or father in order to be a part of that. I believe we're all called to as a church to raise the next generation. And, and you know, there's an African proverb, it takes a whole village to raise uh, a, a man, or I can't remember the exact citation. But the point is, is that we do it together. It's not just the mother and father that are pouring into their life, but it's, it's, um, it's a community that raises this next generation. And I think that's really exciting, because if you, you can really see that in the book of Genesis as well. We see that God wants us to discover that we are created to grow things. Whatever we're doing, whether it's a church, whether it's our business, whether it's um, our garden, I mean, from, the, from the, the small to the big, whatever it is in life, we are created to grow things, to put things into order, to, to, to create beauty out of chaos. And that's what God did in, in the first, in the creation in Genesis, and that's what he's called us to do as, he, as the, the pinnacle of his creation and to mimic that um, pattern that he did. And in the same way, God has created us to pursue growth, to pursue our own growth. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. See, last week I read out of um, one of the scriptures that we're covering in some of the Connect groups is James 1, how we are called to persevere so that we may grow into the wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. So that's what I wanted to kind of unpack today. What does that mean, to be wholehearted follower of Jesus? In other words, I think it means that we need to become, as Quinton was talking about last week, to become mature mature in our faith. And that's kind of like the key word for today is maturity. Just as a child, my children hopefully mature in the context of our family, we can discover in Paul's letters throughout all the, in the New Testament, you can see in Ephesians that we must, we too, we must mature in the context of our own church family. You know, a lot of people say, oh, first time they come to church, oh, it feels like family. You know, it's like the good vibes, like everything's new, everyone's welcoming, and you like that, or oh, the worship was cool, and it's like, oh, it feels like a family vibe in here, and, and we're like, oh, thanks, it's like a nice compliment, but actually, that's how it's designed. Church is supposed to feel like a family. That is the way that God intended it to be, and so let's just open up the scriptures there. I'm going to read from Ephesians 4, 11 to 15. That's a key scripture for today. Pick it up in uh, yeah, Ephesians 4.11. It says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm just going to stop there. I'll carry on a little bit. You can see there, uh, this is a scripture. People love this scripture. People love to quote this scripture because it's, it's talking about God's all-stars, right? This is like the five-fold ministry. It's like you got your evangelists, your prophets, like all of the, the highlights, the things that people love. And a lot of people seem to chase after these things because it's cool, right? It's, it's amazing what God is, does through these offices, through these gifts. But if you read this passage in its context, you realize that these gifts were given to the church to ultimately help us grow up and mature. That's the whole game of this, all right? The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us develop into God's likeness. The whole Christian journey 
is a journey of maturity. And that's what I want to remind us of this morning, that that's what we have to be thinking about. Am I growing? Am I maturing? Where am I not maturing? Because we all have areas where we are immature. And that's all I want us to, to reflect on this morning. As we continue in Ephesians, I'm going to carry on now from verse 14. It says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And you could continue it. It's an amazing passage, that one. Two words that you don't often hear on, on the news, if you still watch the news these days, is uh, justification and sanctification. You don't hear that a lot in the news. <laughs> uh, maybe you're familiar with it. If you're not, I'm going to explain it a little bit. So justification is the fact that we are made righteous in God's sight, thanks to the redemptive work of Jesus at the cross. This is not, this is not our own works. This is something received by faith alone. And what does that mean? Well, no man can boast in this. You can't say, oh, I'm justified more than this person. No, because it was a gift. It was given to us. So I am no more justified as someone who's been a Christian for almost my entire life as someone that became a Christian last week. We are just as justified. Everyone here is justified. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am justified. That's the truth. You are justified. So you can't be more justified. This is where people slip up. They think that, you know, you can earn your salvation. You can earn your justification. But it ain't, it's nothing to do about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. You can't change that. He's already done it. So you can't change your, your level of justification. You are just simply a fact. You are justified. So when you're understanding salvation, you understand two sides of it. It's justification and sanctification. It's, so when you're born again, it's, kind of, it's, it's like being born. You see, my son Eden, he cannot become any more my son. It's not like, oh, just wait until you become my son. No, he is my son. It's a fact. doesn't matter what he does. doesn't matter how, you know, I might want to, at some point, uh, step away from him and go, I don't know this guy. But it doesn't change the fact he is my son. It's legal. It's binding. It's a fact. You, you, you can't deny it. You can't change it. You can't amplify it. He is my son. It's a fact. In the same way, we are justified. It's a one-time deal. It's done, right? Eden didn't do anything to deserve being my son. Lynn, on the other hand, she did quite a lot. <laughs> so if you should thank anyone, it should be Lynn, just as we should thank Jesus for our, our justification. <laughs> Sanctification, on the other hand, this is a little bit different. This is where we get confused when it comes to works and faith, right? Sanctification, on the other hand, is that we, are actually, we actually play a crucial part in this, Right? It's when Paul said to the church in Philippians, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're like, hang on a minute. You just said that I can't earn salvation. Now you're telling me to work it out. It's like, that sounds like works to me. Are you confused, Paul? But what he's actually talking about here is the sanctification. He's talking about the development of your faith. He's talking about the maturity. That's our responsibility. Not even Jesus is going to do that for us. He just invites us. He just, they gave us... God gave us his Holy Spirit and said, work with the Holy Spirit until you're matured and brought into the likeness and perfection, reflecting the, the, the likeness of God. It's a, it's a journey that we have to be committed to. 
So he's not talking about justification. He's talking about sanctification. He's talking about maturing. He's talking about, as we always say, being intentional so that God can work in us in order to fulfill his good purpose that he designed us for, that he called us for. And God's primary way of maturing us is through his church family. It's in this context. But only if we approach church from the right perspective. It's really crucial that we get this, that we have to approach the church in the right way. And let me explain what I mean by that. See, because in Paul's writings to the church, he often emphasized the fact that we were part of a family. He uses this analogy as I'm family, family, family. We're a family. We're, he uses the idea of generations of growing up about brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. It's just you see it woven throughout his letters to the church, to, to people like us, right? In Ephesians 2, 9, it says, no longer strangers or foreigners, but now a part of a house, part of a home. We're like the family gathered in the house together, right? Galatians 4, 19 says, pains of childbirth. He's, he's talking in that scripture, he's talking about how we're going through stages of development, that we're children and then we're becoming adolescents and adults. And, and it's like this whole progress that we have to see ourselves as, as part of a family in the same way that you go from being a son to a husband to being a father in the same way. It's a, it's a progress within a family context. See, I, I firmly believe that the church should produce leaders that live humble, healthy lives. You know, I was really moved by what we were just praying for this week, as I often am when I read the news and hear the tragic, what happened down at Riebersborg this week. I mean, everyone in the office was just stunned. Uh, I know someone that was personally affected by it. And it's, it's shocking. And it leads you to, okay, I feel like we're supposed to do something in this. And I feel like whenever I say that, God's answer is always the same. So I'm like, why do I ask? He's like, pray, pray, pray. You should pray over your city. Bless your city. And I believe that God wants to raise us up as leaders, as, as a church, that blesses the things that are good in our community. There's a lot of good stuff going on in our city, all right? There's a lot of stuff that, especially if you come from different parts of the world, you see it, and you're like, wow, that's so, that's so great that they have that. So many good things, so many good initiatives, but there's also a lot of bad stuff going on. And so God is raising up leaders to tackle these issues, to, to speak out, to stand against the things that we see going wrong in our world. So, so God, he wants to raise up these leaders. He wants to raise up these healthy, humble lives that are, are making an impact, making an influence. But in order for us to do that, we have to be growing. We have to mature. We can't do that as young, immature believers. There has to be a, a growth in us in order to get to that place where we can actually have an impact in, in our community. And so there has to be this crucial, crucial shift in our perspective, I believe, in how we approach church, what the purpose of church is. We know that church is not a business. Like, no one's saying, hey, church is a business, all right? Unbelievers might say that. <laughs> but we don't say that, right? We don't see church as a, as a business. But I need to explain to you why that matters, that we don't see it as a business. Because often we can interact with church like it's transactional. You know, you go somewhere, you pay your money, you get what you expected. And if you don't get what you expected, you let them know about it, right? And you maybe never go back to that place again. That's how it is in a restaurant, right? Like, if you go to a restaurant and you say to them, like, I don't want cucumbers in my salad, and they put it in there, you might not say anything, but you probably ain't going to go back there because they didn't listen to you, right? 
Unless, of course, they offer you 50% off. Then you go back, principles out the window then, right? Because discount's good. I've done that before. <laughs> but the point is, is that sometimes we, do, we approach church in the same way. If, if, if church disappointed us, we don't go back. It didn't deliver what I was looking for, right? But, you know, if we, if we approached our home in the same way, we're going we're gonna to have troubles. I mean, imagine, uh, you know, I start putting in orders uh, to Lynn, like, this is what I want for dinner. And then when I get it, I'm like, uh, you want too much salt in this. Uh, I don't like the portions. This isn't, if I start complaining like that, it's, it's going to be bad news, let me just tell you. And it doesn't work like that, right? You're grateful for what you get. You're helping each other. You're a family, right? Like, you're, you're appreciative when anyone's trying to help out, trying to cook the dinner or look after the kids. You're not, like, nitpicking. It's different, though, when you go to a restaurant, you pay good money, and you expect to get what you ordered, right? And yet, sometimes we can be a little bit like that with church, right? We come, I thought you guys did this. Where's this? Where's that? Why isn't that there? And we don't see it as we're actually part of the family. Oh, something's missing. Maybe I can jump in and help out, right? We need to start seeing church as just like a family gathering, right? Because the predominant language Paul uses to describe the church is family. And so it's encouraging us to just jump in, right? It's encouraging us to jump in, not just because we need numbers or we need workers, which, of course, we do. We need people to make things work. But, that, but first and foremost, it, we do it because it's what families do, right? Every time we gather, we do it together. You know, we just had a, in the summer, we got together at the family farm and, you know, we drew up a schedule and everyone, I'm doing dinner and someone did lunch and, oh, some, someone's not here, I'll do the dishes then. You, d- you just jump in. For the most part, it works great sometimes. <laughs> but for the most part, everyone plays their part, right? And that's what you do when you come together. And that's how, it, that's, that should be the nature of the church. The church is crowdfunded. The, crowd, uh, the church is crowd-generated. We do it as a community together, Right? So when we gather, we jump in and we serve because we're family. We don't need a vision for whatever. We don't, I don't need a vision to uh, clean the toilets. I don't need a talent maybe for that, although you can have a pretty good talent for that, or a passion for doing the dishes at home, right? That's not the point. You just do it because it feels natural. This is your house. You take pride in it. You want to look after it. You, you, you want the people in that house to enjoy it, Right? But of course, there's, there's three types. If you ever have a family gathering, there's three types of people who don't help out, right? You got your kids because they're immature and nobody's getting upset with the kids because they're not cooking dinner, right? Because you don't want them to cook dinner, <laughs> believe me. So you give them a pass, right? And then you got the other group of people, you got the guests. If a guest comes into your house, you don't expect them to, to make the fika, right? No, nobody's upset with the guests because they haven't helped out in their way. And then the third person... There's always that family member that's just a bit grumpy, that doesn't help out, you know, goes off when, when everyone's cleaning up. It's like, where's that person gone? You know, just totally selfish person, right? There's always those people in the family. And those are the kind of people we don't want to be, right? We don't want to be the people that goes AWOL when something needs to be done. And I feel like this is what Paul is often challenging us when, when we, we look at the scriptures, that he's asking us to to press in, to step in, to be involved, to get plugged in. The purpose of the church and the fivefold leadership structure is to mature us. And Paul quite clearly addresses this need for us to mature in his letters. You can see 
throughout the, 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 script, the letters that he sent to the churches, he's basically saying, if you had to summarize up a lot of the, the letters he writes, he's saying, hey, people, why aren't you growing up? Why are you still tripping up on the simple stuff? Like, why are you not progressing in your faith? Like, you can't just keep drinking the mother's milk. You, you have to get to the point where you're actually eating solids. You have to progress because you have, to, you have so much more that's in front of you, so much more I want to do through you. And the only thing that is limiting you is yourself, is your attitude, is your response. It's the way you approach your faith life, the way you are approaching church. My main job as a dad is to make sure I raise a healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually sons, maybe daughters one day to maturity. But as I said, I'm not just raising sons and daughters. I'm, I'm also raising future fathers or, or mothers. So I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm, I'm role modeling what fatherhood is, which is a bit scary, to be, to be honest. <laughs> and we would be concerned. Like if, if, if I, we often go to the BVB, I think it's called. Right, you're always correcting me. BBC, yeah. One of the, yeah. You can tell how often I go. I've been a couple of times, right, guys? <laughs> when Lynn was sick. Um, <laughs> and if they said to me, if they, because they, they check the growth and they'll say, oh, your kid's not growing. I mean, I, I would be concerned. I think the doctors would be concerned. Like, okay, this ain't right. Kids are supposed to grow, right? And yet, in our Christian life, sometimes we are just content to not grow. We're content to just stay in a holding pattern. And we're not really asking the questions, am I really growing? Like, am I really dealing with the areas of my life where I'm immature? Do we even ask those questions of ourselves? And I, I think we really should because there's so much at stake. There's so much that God wants to do through us. And a lot of the trouble is that we, we haven't really invited people into our life and given them that invitation to speak into our lives. Because we need to be doing life-on-life discipleship. We need to be having brothers and sisters alongside us that can challenge us, that can point out stuff in our lives. But how many of you have actually kind of feel like you've given people invitation to do that in your life? Because especially in our culture here, we don't like to impose, right? We don't like to go around and telling people what they're supposed to be doing in their life because that's kind of countercultural, right? So we have to be sensitive to that. So it requires us then to invite that feedback, to invite somebody, hey, how can I, like, where, what areas can I improve on? How can I grow? Like, hey, if you ever have a grievance with me, if I ever mess up, do something wrong, please come and tell me, right? Are we welcoming that feedback? Because just think, if we were to take that seriously, if we were to take our maturity seriously, where we could go. You know, it's, I don't get frustrated with Levi when he does something like he's a four-year-old, right? Because he's four years old. But if he was 37 might start having some problems, right? Like, so, I mean, Levi can say stuff like, oh, wh- who's fixed the dessert? Like, where's the dessert, right? Which is a perfectly normal request, I think. That's all right, because he's four years old. But when I say it, for some reason, it doesn't sound that good, right? It's like, well, why didn't you bake something? You're 37 years old, right? And so there's a frustration when you see, like, for example, a young adult. You know, a lot of the most frustrating years for parents is like when... Your kids have just finished school, and they're trying to figure out what they're doing in life, and they're just kind of like stuck in a rut because you know the potential of what they could be doing. You're like, you could be doing so much more, and you're just like acting so immature. It's so frustrating, right? And that's like, I think Paul was 
addressing the church. He's like, oh, come on, guys. There's so much more. Come on, guys. You could be doing so much, but you've got to take your development seriously. You've got to take your growth personally. You've got to have personal responsibility. You know, when you get saved, you became a follower of Jesus. Jesus, he actually, the Bible actually asks you to do quite a lot of things, if I'm being honest. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to, like, make it sound better than it is. He does ask you, you know, to pray. He does tell you to, like, stay in fellowship. He does tell you to serve, to, to worship, to share the gospel, to help those in need. There's a lot of things that God asks of us. Yet we come to church, and we can often expect the church to fulfill those responsibilities, right? How is this church reaching the needy? What kind of uh, community programs and structures do you have? Of course, I'm not bashing programs, initiatives, structures. Those things are good, and hopefully we'll develop more of them as time goes on. But we also have to see our part in it, right? I mean, there's nothing stopping us to do life-on-life discipleship. There's nothing stopping us uh, getting into our world. There's nothing stopping us looking for people who have needs in our community, in our world, and, and reaching out to those people. Sometimes we need to stop asking uh, looking to the church to fulfill the calling that God has called us to, because God has called us all collectively to these things. We're supposed to do it together as a family. You know, I, uh, I employed, I had some uh, financial troubles a couple years ago. I've talked about it many times, don't need to go over it again. But um, I employed an accountant. I was like, all right, I'm going to get someone to fix this because I'm rubbish at this stuff. And uh, so... I, got, I hired this guy, and I used to get annoyed every time I went there because he would try to teach me how to do the books. And I'm like, but I'm paying you to do the books. Why do I have to do it? It's like, but he was trying to help me. He was thinking like, oh, if you learn how to do it, you can do it yourself. But I was getting so frustrated. It's like, look, dude, just take my money and do my books. I don't want to learn how to do it. I don't want to do it myself. I want you to do it. And so eventually I quit that accountant and I found someone that would do it for me. But this is often how it is in much of the church. It's like we come to church and we're like, I don't want to do it. I want you to do it. I want to know what you can do for my calling. What can you do to help develop me? But you know, the Holy Spirit is going, what are you doing to help grow yourself? How, what are you doing to see maturity in your life? Who where are you getting plugged in? Where are you getting engaged? And, you know, you can believe a lie. Oh, it's because the church doesn't have this. They don't have that. Or they're missing this, and that's why I'm not growing, and that's why I'm not developing in this environment. But the truth is, like, I grew up in a church that was, like, generations old. They had everything. They had Bible school. They had uh, the connect groups. They had the, the prayer evenings. They had the mercy ministries. They did, you know, street evangelism. They had everything because it was a big church. They'd been around for a while. They were established. They had all the programs, all the structures. And then I've been in this church where we started from the bottom, from nothing, and we've built it up. And now we have connect groups and we have a few other ministries going. Uh, and we're slowly, slowly getting things together. And the same problem is in both churches. Because you can have all those programs, all those structures, but if you don't engage with it, it ain't worth nothing. It ain't about what the church can do for you is, is, is what are you willing to put in, invest? What are you willing to draw out of the church? What, what are you bringing to the family? As we gather as a family, are you jumping in? Are you seeing yourself as a part of a family or are you seeing it as like a transactional thing? Like I come on Sunday because I want to be blessed by the, the worship or the, the teaching or my kids to go to the, the program 
Why are you saying this is my house? We're doing this together. We're worshiping together. We're, we're fellowshipping together. We're, we're helping each other out. And we can easily ask the question like, ah, oh, so who's doing the fika or who's praying for that person or I uh, hope someone's uh, praying about this situation in Malmo or hope someone's doing that and we're, we're looking for that other person. Maybe God is saying to us, I want you to do it. I want you to pray. I want you to maybe ask, hey, is anyone helping on that team? Seems like no one's doing it. Maybe you can help out in that situation. All right? I know this is kind of a bit of a tough message, but I'm not saying this to say, hey, are you immature in any areas? Are you not perfect? Because we're all not perfect here this morning, right? We've all got areas of immature. Like, I mean, even just last week, I'm like, oh, I'm so immature in that area. Like, I have my weeks, many, many weak spots. Um, it's not, that's not the problem. It's not a question of this morning. Are you immature? Are, 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 you, are you still on your journey? It doesn't matter where you're at right now. The question is, are you moving forward? That's what Paul is always asking. Are you moving forward? Are you pursuing that perfection, that wholeheartedness? Are you getting everything out of church? Are you getting plugged in? You saying, this is my family. Okay, where can I help? Need the dishes done? Should I prepare the food? Should I set the table? We've got to have that same attitude. How much more fun is it when you gather your family when everyone has that attitude, right? Instead of like waiting around for the mum to make all the food and everyone's just sitting around, then dinner doesn't get served till really late because... It doesn't work so well in that way. We need to do it together, right? And that was the beautiful thing about yesterday, that we did it together. And when we, when we all commit to something, and we all get plugged in, we all get engaged, that's when we, see this, we start to see God move. When we have that, that shared heart, so we don't just see it, you know, it's, it's about that guy or that person to, to, to be the, the prayer answer or to, to make that happen, but actually see ourselves as a part of the mission that God wants us to achieve, then we're going to start to see happening in, in this church and through our own lives. So I want to wrap it up now and just invite the band up. And, you know, it's so easy to have these blind spots. It's so easy to assume that someone else has got something covered. That you maybe don't see the needs in the church. You maybe don't see the needs in people's lives around you. It's so easy to approach church in the wrong way, to see it as something that is there to bless you, to serve you, whereas God is calling us to see the church as a family. He wants to invite you to be a part of it. He doesn't want you to be a bystander. He wants you to be a key member of the body, you know, when Paul talks about the body of Christ, when he talks about his church, he talks about the different functions. He talks about the blessing of how we can only achieve maturity. We can only achieve wholeness when the body is together, when we're edifying one another, when we're encouraging one another, when we're equipping each other with the gifts that we have because every one of you here is unique. Every one of you brings something different to the table. You know, every time we have a full house, we just realize, oh man, how good is this? When everyone is here, when the whole family is together, it's like Christmas when all the family flies in from different countries, we're all around the table together, we're like, this is the best, right? And I believe that's how God wants us to be in his church. He doesn't want people to just, you know, come in and go, and he, he wants people to get plugged in, he wants people to get connected. And why? I mean, it's, it's not just about the numbers, it's not just about us 
achieving some kind of metric. It's because God wants you to reach your potential. He wants you to reach maturity. He wants you to be growing. He wants you to look back in a year's time and look at your life and think, oh, how I've grown in, my, in, in the words that I speak, my attitude and in, in my response to different situations. I'm, I'm not as immature as I was last year. I'm maturing in that area. Yes, yeah, sure, I've got areas to work on, but I'm moving forward in my faith. I just want to invite you to stand up right now because I know for a fact that we all at times feel like our faith gets a bit stagnant, that we get kind of in this holding pattern. Especially for us that have been a Christian for a long time, you can start to feel like you're just going through the motions. And that's okay if you're there today because you can just start afresh today. You can, you can start to ask those important questions. Lord, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are given to me to help mature me, to help me move towards that wholehearted follower of Jesus that it talks about in James. Just pray now. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for each and every life here, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, what a blessing it is to come together as a family, Lord God. We thank you for the church. You, you've designed the church to be a family, Lord God, a family that together helps to edify one another, to build up one another, to sharpen one another, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that we can't do this alone, Lord, that we can't have a private religion, that you actually develop us and grow us in the context of relationship, Lord. And Lord, so just help us to open our hearts to that relationship. Help us to open up to that insight from others, Lord, to that accountability, Lord God. Help us not to miss out on everything that you want to do through us, Lord God, because you're inviting us to an exciting life. And we know that the best life that we can live, Lord, is one that is pursuing maturity in you, Lord God, that is pursuing that sanctification, Lord, that we're going from glory to glory, that the old is passing away and we're becoming a new creation, Lord God. I thank you, just as Paul said, that he forgets the things of before and presses onwards and upwards to the prize in Christ Jesus, Lord God. And I pray that will be our heart today, Lord, that we would, we would see that we are in a journey and maybe we've got stuck or we're at a crossroad or things have just become a little bit too familiar and we, we need to progress. We need to go to the next level. And so we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us today. Challenge us. We know we need to be challenged. We know we need to be pushed. And Lord, I thank you as a family that we can hold each other accountable. I thank you as a family that we can spur one another on, Lord, so that we can run our race fast and hard, Lord God, not just waddling along in our faith life, wondering what the point of it all is, but just connecting to that purpose, pursuing the greatness that you want to achieve in us, Lord. I thank you, Father, for that hope, Lord. I just pray you'd encourage everyone that is, is, is maybe in that place where they feel like they're stuck, they maybe feel like they're, they're disappointed, they're frustrated with the church, Lord. Lord, it's so easy to get frustrated with people, and that's what the church is all about. It's so easy to be looking elsewhere and thinking about the things that are missing or the things that aren't just happening for you in your life, Lord. But help us to get the right perspective, Lord. Help us to see where we can get plugged in, where we can maybe get more engaged, where we can help out, Lord God, where we can actually be a part of overcoming that frustration and, and letting that be a growth area in our life, Lord. 
I thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Let's just finish by worshiping God in, a, in this house as a family. I just encourage you to be engaged and, and just continue to ask the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. Just identify areas where you need to grow. Maybe where you, you need to come alongside some people. Maybe, maybe even after service today, have a conversation with someone. Invite someone into your life to have that life-on-life -life discipleship. And you will see that that is the key to your growth. That is the key for you to get past whatever season you might be in to a new season, to a new day. That is God's heart for you. Amen. Let's worship.